advisors, yeah. basically, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, that was uh, Chris telling us yet another story that we can't repeat. Can't repeat. <laughs> on <that>. podcast. <laughs> All the lively stuff. Yeah. If we ever uh, finish, uh, you know, and this comes to an end, there's going to be a final podcast where we tell all these tales. <laughs> director's that, cut. A director's cut, and we'll go out in a blaze of glory and libelous glory. I better found a new job. <laughs> <laughs> Some great stuff about. Yeah. Uh, insert name here uh, absolutely um, yeah hi everyone we're doing um, this is the first of two um, film festival uh, podcasts or rather film celebrating Glasgow in film I think um, you'll have to listen to the second one to work out exactly why that's the case but in this one uh, Chris and I hello Chris hello uh, are going to talk about the current Glasgow Film Festival, which has just started. I believe, have you seen something already, have you? Yeah, well, uh, it's uh, the actual festival itself just kicked off this past Thursday, which, yeah. as we record this, was two days ago. Uh, but before that, you had the Youth Film Festival and the Short Film Festival. Yeah. And uh, I went last Sunday to something the Short Film Festival, which was incredible. It was um, a trilogy of animated films, short animated films, that told about, all three of them together, told about an hour, hour and five minutes by this... American animator called Don Hertzfeld, who's been making um, like hand-drawn animations for about 15 years probably now. I didn't realise, you might have seen, I didn't put two and two together, it was a friend that told me this, uh, but he directed, there was a kind of film made the rounds about a decade ago on online uh, called uh, Rejected, no, it was a short film, it was like... Um, kind of absurdist advertising pitches that he made the various companies just loads oh, of deadpan okay. jokes and it's all hand-drawn figures and stuff you know it's all quite simple you know it's simple looking animation but you know he gets a lot across uh through it. but this latest one's called it's such a beautiful day or collectively the trilogy is known as it's such a beautiful day but that's also the name of the third film in and of itself and it's uh the main character is a stick figure called bill who's in his 30s 40s and in the first film he has um a kind of it's never really you're never really told what kind of medical episode it is but he's hospitalised and it looks like he's near death for a while and um, kind of confronting mortality and stuff like this and his you know banality of his daily routine and all this and then the second one goes into his family history and kind of mental illness and psychosis and being killed by trains quite often and uh, something for all the family something for all the family and the third one takes it kind of cosmic again he, he has a seizure and he's kind of again hospitalised and he you know it really gets really profound but it's also really really funny like all the way through again there's this kind of deadpan absurdity all the way through it and um it's done with a kind of lightness of touch but it's one of these films that like i, I said afterwards to my friend i was like i just want to go home and hug all of my family <laughs> just now, you know it's like, it was like if anybody's ever if you ever seen synecdoche in new york yes, you know, yes. Film, it was the same kind of way that i felt after seeing that you know i, I mean i saw that at least I was with someone that I knew this time in the cinema. I could be there for support, but I saw Synecdoche on my own, and after that, I was just like sitting in my seat, kind of shell shocked, like not knowing where to look or where to go. Any film um, that sends you back into the bosom of your family, exactly, it's no yeah. bad thing. But, um, yeah, no, so it's amazing, and it's great because that's the kind of thing that, like, um, I think a lot of the films that are playing the festival is great that they're playing, but they will eventually go on general release yeah. or they'll be kind of widely available. Or they're already well-known movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. think one of the great things about the festival, and it's become a major film festival now, which yeah. is something we should say, but is the fact that it does this... It, it has the, the odd and the hard to find anywhere, but it mixes them with the stuff which is going to come out. We know, in fact, there's always the surprise films, isn't there, yeah. which tend to be stuff which will be wider released. And... But it has reshowings of, of classics as well. Yeah. Um, I went to see the first thing this morning. I went to see a bit of James Cagney doing uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. 
and um, that's one of the joys. Uh, every year I go and see stuff that my dad used to sit down and watch. So I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, it was Fred Astaire movie season yeah. and they do stuff. And to see these films on the big screen again is great. And actually what struck, struck me what, watching the kind of James Cagney gangster is how that idea of what a gangster was um, affected the stuff I watched as a kid. Because like the anthill mob and yeah. uh, it, that was it, the big hat. And there was a character in the Warner Brothers cartoons as well that was basically just hat yeah. and coat and yeah. hands in the pockets. And that is the James Cagney gangster. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's great to see these old, well-loved... Um, a great filmmaker I mean golden age of uh, Hollywood I mean Humphrey yeah. Bogart's and Angels with Dirty Faces as he well did. Um, Cary Grant was the strand a couple of years ago wasn't it? two or three right. years ago Yeah, and it was like uh, bringing up Baby North by Northwest Roman Holiday which I went yeah. to see which is just a phenomenally good film yeah very much a mod film with the, the, the sharp suits and the, uh, the, the skaters <laughs> yeah. and yeah absolutely um, so but I think you're right I think it gets it was packed out this morning and I don't know what it was like when people when was it quite it was okay but I mean that was before it properly kicked off yeah, and this yeah, was yeah. you know this is a more niche thing than like a Jimmy Kang yeah, you know sure. I mean if you don't know I mean I was really excited to see it when I saw that it was in the list and I was really excited just from reading like American film blogs and hearing mm. like the, the praise to high heavens that it got at like a New York film festival and other and I don't know if it played Sundance last year but it's been kind of getting raves it turned up in a lot of year end best of lists last year and it was the kind of thing that like I, I wasn't sure if it was ever going to appear over here, you know, because he sells DVDs. The Harrisville like sells DVDs of his work through his own website. He's yeah. almost totally independent. He doesn't get funding from you know outside sources. He he kind of has to be constantly working on new films, mm-hmm. and he has a kind of he's built up enough of a fan base, a loyal fan base that he can support himself through selling his work through his website. But uh, yeah, so stuff like that where you're, it's like this might be my only chance to see this with an audience on a big yeah. screen. That's that's really cool. That, but I think people hopefully, you know, they might. Um, well, I mean, the short film fest was slightly different because people who are interested in short film. Yeah. And it's very, but there's like, for instance, this afternoon as we record this, there's in the I think it's maybe in the Trongate. But there's a um, history of 30 years of Scottish short film. Yeah. And that, I mean, there is, they do integrate, they do oh, yeah. kind of mix and match over. And as though you say, there's a youth film festival. Some yeah. of the youth stuff is in the major film And there's the, well. the music and film festival as well, where they do, you know, they tie in kind of gigs and stuff. Like I remember a couple of years ago as well, going to see uh, Zombie Zombie, the French kind of electronic act, doing yeah. like a John Carpenter concert That's in mono. Right. And they kind of integrate it as well. And then today there's the Sonic Cineplex thing on at the Arches where... They're showing uh, like silent films with like live soundtracks all day. I think like Adam Stafford's playing and uh, Remember Remember are playing, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, one of the guys from Faust is doing a live soundtrack to Metropolis by Fritz Lang. And there's, there's another, Dark Star, there's yeah, the Dark Star things on. Uh, this, I think it's the CCA yeah. that's on at later uh, later in the week or later in the festival. So, I think yeah, from uh, how we've started out here, we're we're going to both of us we're going to look at the stuff that we wish we could see if we had enough money to go and see everything yeah. we wanted. Our kind of highlights I think of the festival yeah. and already I think we've set out the vision Chris is going to go for the more arty side of things <laughs> and I think I may, may go more mainstream and that's that's a good thing we can we can delineate responsibilities here but so what else have you got that you're particularly looking forward to right well again I don't have tickets for anything else I think I left it too late for a lot I wanted to go see mm. I know one that I definitely left it too late because I did try to get a ticket for this last weekend before the the Harrisfield films was um, The Passion of Joan of Arc the, oh yes the, 
Carl Theodore Dreher silent film, which is like a foundational text of cinephilia. Yes, absolutely. Um, is showing inside Glasgow Cathedral uh, with a live organ accompaniment uh, next what Saturday. What a lovely night, idea! Yeah, um, and that's. I mean, I'm, it's great that it's sold out and there's enough of an audience for it. But I'm what really glad I didn't get a ticket. Yeah. Well, um, if anyone uh, has a ticket and can't make it, yeah. you know where to contact you know, us. Yeah, you know where to, you know where to reach me. Um, but no, uh, it's great. Like I was saying, I'm really gratified this year in particular I think like the lineup has really broadened this year to include stuff that has made an impact to other big world festivals you know mm-hmm. that I've seen reports of coming out of Venice and Berlin and New York and Sundance and uh, Cannes even you know yep. and that hasn't had a release over here yet but it's been getting raves so stuff like um, the new film by uh, I, I hope everybody is suitably impressed when I, when I pronounce his name properly Apichat Pong Weirus Ethical <laughs> The Thai director, he made uh, Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives. Which oh, was gosh, yeah, 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 and, that was a wee while ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, Tropical Malady and um, Blissful Years, and uh, what was there? Syndromes in a Century. Uh, great, uh, uh, fantastic filmmaker, like really one of a kind, really, okay. like like nothing else out there. But um, his latest film is shown, it's, a sh- it's short again, I think, and mm-hmm. it's only about an hour long or 45 minutes even. But uh, yeah, it's shown Mekong Hotel. It's called. It's shown as part of okay. as part of this strand. So uh, that was cool to see. Guys like um, Olivier Assayas, the French director, made like Irma Vep uh, no. in the nineties, and he made uh, his last film was. Uh, it was like a kind of it was a three part mini series uh, for French TV, but they kind of made a theatrical version as well uh, that was cut down about Carlos the Jackal. It was just called Carlos. Um, okay, that maybe it was a, there might, I might be confusing. That was another it Carlos was, the Jackal. It one. was um, Edgar Ramirez who was in it as, right, as okay. Carlos, and uh, I think Frank, did Franca Patenta turn up in it as well? Maybe from Run Lola Run. Mm. I think she's in she's in it in one of the later ones. Um, was it a trilogy or was it just a two parter? It might just have been a two parter. No, I think about it. Anyway, it was a multi-part miniseries on French TV and then it got a theatrical release as well in a cut-down form. But uh, yeah, his latest film, Asaias' latest film, uh, Après May, is on. It's kind of set around the um, May 1968 Paris, you know, all that kind of the protests and uh, uprisings in the street and all, all this kind of stuff. And it's uh, filtered through his own experience. It's kind of semi-autobiographical, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um You've got Stoker, which is the English language debut of Park Chan Wook, who made Old Boy and yeah, Lady Vengeance. Yeah, Vengers. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, ah, that's something that is exciting. Uh, yeah, it's Nicole Kidman and um, I think Mia Wasikowski, who's mm-hmm. in uh, The Kids Are All Right and Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland yeah. is what I know from. Yeah, that. and uh, Matthew Good is in it as well. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he, uh, how Park Chan Wook kind of adapts. To, is this his to first? Language. Is this his first English, English language, language film? film? Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how. Uh, Old Boy is just a tremendous. Thing. It is, but uh, which and it's it itself has been remade uh, this year oh by, God, by Spike it? Lee. Which, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Which uh, normally I would balk at the idea of an remake. English language remake of, of Old Boy, but Spike Lee doesn't make enough cinema. I would true. Say. Yeah, Spike Lee. Uh, even when he makes bad films, he never makes boring films. Yeah. So uh, I would agree with that. So I'm still interested to see it. Um, out of the kind of the, the retrospective stuff, out of the Cagney strand, uh, I would love to see one, two, three on a big screen, which is a Billy Wilder film. It's mm-hmm. kind of undersung, but I think it's probably gag for gag is single funniest film. Like I would say maybe and, maybe just because I've seen like some like a hot so many times, but I only saw one, two, three for the first time last year, and it was as a total gut buster. Well, I, and um, this is the thing: I think people who maybe have an idea of Cagney, they probably get two ideas of Cagney. One that he was the kind of gangster. 
you know. Yeah. And then also with Yankee Doodle Dandy that he could do the song and that. Hugh Jackman, if you say. Yeah. Um, but uh, the comedy is a way. I mean, this yeah. guy, would, like, he could do everything. Oh, it's much, great, right? yeah. I mean, one, two, three is hilarious. A farce. You know, it's set... Um, it's set, there's kind of a Cold War farce and they were filming in, in Berlin and as they were filming, the Berlin Wall was erected. Um, was, <laughs> they were, yeah, they were shooting in like the early 60s. So yeah, as, as they were filming in Berlin, the Berlin Wall went up and it plays off that whole kind of Cold War paranoia. So Billy Wilder built the Berlin Wall. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's um, Cagney, he, he works, he's a, um, like a, an executive for the Coca-Cola company and he's trying to sell Coke to the commies. <laughs> And uh, his daughter gets in, no the daughter of his boss gets in, who's been entrusted to his care gets involved with an East German played by Horst Buchholz who's the oh, German yes. one from the Magnificent Seven absolutely of course, he is. of course of course he is yeah. Um, and yeah no hilarity ensues it's excellent oh, I've never seen it I've never if seen you, it if you love good Cold War communist paranoia humour <laughs> yeah, one two three is your pick for the festival um, it's excellent really really funny the the Cagney that means you say there's a whole load of kind of films because what they tend to do is um, they have lots of individual films but they try and fit them into themes yeah. but for instance as you say uh, well as you almost said before uh, we started recording and um, there's the Kapow which is a kind of uh, yeah. superhero um, retrospective is that the right word and you've got Great Scots well, well let's talk a bit about Kapow what we can talk about yeah. not, well, and all the stuff that we can't um, a friend of mine a Keith, uh, and hello Keith, if you're listening. Uh, that was a bit radio there, hello yeah. Keith, if you're listening. Um, one of the films that's on is the remake of Dread. Yeah. I'll make it Judge Dread, but it's simply called Dread. And he yeah. absolutely, I know, he absolutely loves it. And absolutely. Um, so I looked I looked through the rest of the kind of kapow lineup, mm-hmm. and then there's, you know, the Avengers movies, basically, yeah. if you want to go and see them. We know how much you like those. Yeah. Oh, thank God, some light is finally <laughs> being shown on these. Yeah. I appreciate it. That is, I think, I agree with you, that is weird. But yeah. there's also some other stuff, there's a history of uh, female superhero in yeah. America stuff there is and, and I, I kind of just because Keith is so enthusiastic about this film I would kind of like to see Dread but there's also themes as I say like the Great Scots theme where there's a retrospective of James Cosmo which I just think is yeah. a brilliant idea and he's in a film which is meant to be very good which is uh, was shot in Glasgow this film Citadel mm. um, which is kind of a it's been compared to like Roman Polanski you know Repulsion and that kind of stuff is about I think a single father uh, who is becomes kind of confined to his flat and is worried you know he lives in a bad area and you know, there's all this kind of this kind of paranoia I always thought Glasgow is the perfect yeah. city for Polanski to do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's already been on general release like elsewhere I don't know why it hasn't been released over here I think it's even out on DVD in other parts of the world oh is it um, yeah but uh, again That's one for met, me to note then. met with positive reviews you yeah. know and uh, I don't know if it's if it's going to get a general release over here but uh, but he has had an amazing that. career I and mean, if you look back at uh, he was obviously uh, in the recent Donkeys which was and he, yeah. he was phenomenally good in that yeah. playing this character that really is trying his best to make you dislike him yeah. but you know he managed and often yes he was used as the kind of Scottish hard man yeah. you know hard man number two or stuff like that but yeah. came through to show what a tremendous actor he was Absolutely. some great um, uh, films that he's been involved in yeah weirdest choice for Santa ever as well he's in the Chronicles of Narnia as Santa of course he is now that now yeah that that on your IMDB terrifying Santa (laughs) (laughs) that's like something out of like the nightmare before Christmas Billy Bob Thornton isn't it yeah I know yeah and there's well the the other thing that jumped out at me from the great Scots uh, is they're showing Alistair Gray's 
Oh gosh, what's the name of the documentary? Anyway, it's basically Alistair. It's what Alistair interviews. He interviews himself. himself. Yeah, he's there's general scruffy Alistair Gray, you know, and, and, and he's he, clean shaven and the hair is pomaded and he's in a suit and stuff like this. And yeah, these through split camera techniques. It was, I'm sure. I mean, it must be the same because they used the same technique on an artwork Scotland documentary yeah, about, a, uh, a few that. years ago. So I assume that it must have sprung out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was very good. I mean, obviously that was only half an hour. Um, but no, a it, life it's in progress, fine. working okay. title. So it may be even more. Apparently, it's an hour and thirty-six minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be good if, they, if the the half hour that was televised is anything to go by. Then yeah, it'll be definitely it'll be worth a watch. And you'll see uh, uh, some of his contemporaries like Liz Lockhead. And I think there's even footage of Edwin Morgan, you know, talking about the the great man himself. But as always, you know, there'll be no doubt who the who the star is. <laughs> the star yeah. of the show is yeah. uh, going to be. And there's also, as we said, there was the retrospective, which is on at the moment, of a Scottish short film, which uh, includes, I should mention, um, the Berlin Bear winning film Milk by a good friend of the pod, Peter Mackie Burns. But um, unfortunately, you'll have missed that if you're listening to this in the future days. But what, the, and you also mentioned that there'd been the music. Um, I don't know if there is the, the same film and music as Yeah, the there is this. Um, I think it's just better integrated this year. There's not so much in the way of live performance, I don't think, but the, the Glasgow Music and Film Festival is still it's like still... a separate kind of entity, I think. Um, like, I think that Sonic Cineplex thing that's on at the Artist today falls under that banner. Yeah. And because uh, it does seem very. The whole program seems very well integrated yeah. to me. It's not like, well. There's Fright Fest, and there were people that will only go to Fright Fest movies. Yeah. But there is there is a real crossover, I think, yeah. for things that you might want to go and see. For instance, we'll get on to uh, Sony later on, which yeah. is David Heyman playing the Scottish Cannibal, which yeah. is under Fright Fest, but I, and I think it's sold out actually. But you know, Fright we'll Fest generally sells out pretty quickly. Sells out yeah. pretty quickly, yeah. But um, no, I mean, like, I know the the closing gala this year is not well. Obviously, the the big closing film is much to do about much to do about nothing. The Joss Whedon version, and yeah. Whedon has now been announced as coming over for oh, it. Oh, fantastic! Um, but the actual, like you're allowed to say that. Yeah, allowed to say that. Yeah, okay. that's fine. That that was announced. Uh, <laughs> that was announced publicly. But we should really stop making reference. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say, and just stop drawing attention to it. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, the uh, the actual the closing party, if you like, is is after uh, the Monorail Film Club of this year's festival, which is a documentary about Big Star. I was going to mention and, that. Yeah, yeah, and the closing gala is they're being quite vague about it, but he said a bunch of Glasgow musicians paying tribute to Big Star. Well, which I can I pretty, much guess. pretty much guess who's going to be involved in it, but because um, they did when Alice Chilton died a few years ago, they did the tribute night down at Mono, and it was obviously Teenage Fan Club, mm-hmm. BMX Bandits, the Pearl Fishers. And they all did a few, you know, a few songs, and I assume it will probably be something. Like I think if you lines. like your kind of Glasgow in, no, Scottish indie music, but let's yeah. say kind of Glasgow and surrounding area indie music, um, Big Star, it's arguably are the most important band in that scene. Yeah. You know, in terms of influence. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they, nearly all the early albums by the folk that you've just mentioned. Yeah. Really wanted to to to. I mean, the first time I heard Big Star, it was. It was uncanny. It was like I'm listening. To, I'm listening to Teenage Fan Club like twenty years before Teenage Fan Club made an album. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. I mean, the ballad of El Gudo, which is the second track I think on on the first Big Star album, is it could be a Teenage Fan Club yeah. track. You know, is it could be something off bandwagon esque. You know, it sounds like the end of the concept. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. it's I still think that the uh, lyrics to 13 are dodgy, but I mean, I still think they're a, yeah. great, a great band. Yeah. Um, well, something which was filmed in Glasgow uh, and is going to be shown is Cloud Atlas. Yes. 
major, major uh, Wachowskis, isn't it? The, the, the the Wachowskis and uh, Tom Tickwer, who directed Run, Lola, Run. Yeah. And um, what was the last thing Tom Tickwer did? I can't, can't even remember. Oh, Perfume. He did Perfume. Oh. That wasn't the last thing he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was him. Well, it's really... Um, the interesting thing about it to me is... Um, not that it's a huge film, and what was supposed to be an unfilmable book, yeah. of course, the David Mitchell book. Um, but the, the, I'll, you see Wachowski, I'll see Wachowski, let's okay, call yeah, it off. Yeah. But uh, they really have made some terrible films. Um, and, I mean, the Matrix... The film, Matrix sequels yeah. are... I don't know, that's probably oh, their no. only outright terrible Okay, stuff, but what was the, what was the racing Speed one? Speed Racer. Yeah. Speed Racer is alright. You think so? Maybe yeah. I've only seen it once, I didn't like it. Just visually, at least, is absolutely Oh, yeah, visual, well, that was the thing, but you could yeah. say that the Matrix sequels visually... Are, no, not in the same way the Speed Racer was, oh, I don't okay, think. I think, yeah. like, the, the effects in the Matrix sequels were a bit dodgy in places, and, it, yeah, the result that there was that slow-motion rave sequence in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the second one. Um, <laughs> it's like, that is yeah. But I really, because I like... I think they're great filmmakers and I yeah. think they're right visually phenomenal um, I really hope that this uh, I mean I've seen the trailer for it and it, it could go either way yeah. it could be glorious to look at and utterly yeah tedious. if Heron makes things about it I mean it's the kind of thing that it, it definitely has its advocates but at the same time it also topped like, it, was, it was featured in some worst of the year lists for last oh, year really? as well so I think it's, it's very much a divisive one but probably in the same way that something like you know The Fountain's divisive or Okay. Or even something like the Tree of Life, you know, it's mm. like some people, some people get stuff yeah. from it, and some people. This is a big one, you know, you know. Both of those films, although they were um, Hollywood releases, this is expected to be a huge film. Yeah, you know, I, it's not going to be like a slightly quint the fountain is an odd, odd yeah. film. I love it, but um, you know, this this is being promoted as something that's yeah. going to be you know up with Lincoln, and, and uh, uh, it wasn't in America. It was released just before Christmas, and it didn't. Oh really? It didn't I didn't do oh, that okay. well. Yeah. What so. I will say is it has a tremendously um, realistic bookshop that was shot in Glasgow. So much so that. Uh, I was going to go for a job in this bookshop that I saw, which I'd opened up just up the road. This is true. Yeah. I said to Rod Glass, I'm going, oh, there's this bookshop opened up in Strathclyde Junior. Have you seen it? And he's like, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And of course, it was just a complete ah. front that they were filming. The yeah. Gen- I think I might have been drunk. God, Derrida would have a field day with yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, to be honest, my uh, it was a dream. Maybe I dreamt yeah, it. Maybe. Um, so really, you? I didn't know there was. I haven't read reviews of it and stuff, and, and it's, it's yeah, kind of mixed like, reaction has been mixed. Again, like saying visually stunning, and a lot of people basically what they've done is, from what I hear, basically the entire film is one three-hour montage. Yeah, see, Matt, this is my my problem with what the uh, and Speed Racer as well was yeah. that it was it, yes, it looked great, and you could have it. We were talking earlier on about stuff you would maybe have in the wall, you know, uh, when something else was going on, yeah. and that's what it struck me as. It's something like one a really complex version of. One of those uh, adverts in Blade Runner that constantly oh, right, changes. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. But maybe I'm being harsh. I haven't seen it for years. Yeah. Well, it's going on general release in about a month anyway, so like people will be able to judge for themselves. You know, that's one of the ones that uh, is more just like a, a, a preview. You know, like a preview screen at the festival um, rather than well, something you never get a chance to see again. Talk about major um, Hollywood films that might flop they are showing Heaven's Gate they are and that's what I would like to see on the, big the director's screen, cut no less which so is, how long is Chimino's director's oh, cut oh it's nearly four hours isn't it I want to get a precise running time from, okay. from, from the booklet here um, but yeah no it's uh, if anyone doesn't know Heaven's Gate was the film which almost bust um, yeah was it MGM uh, yeah, well, uh, no, United Artists. United Artists, um, yeah. Three hours and 20 minutes is the version that's shown. Uh, 
Yeah, that's the director's cut version, and it's yeah, it's generally considered as like the end of the golden age of seventies filmmaking. You know, it's like I, like the kind of the Easy Riders, Raging Bulls generation. You know, it started with obviously Easy Rider, and um, you know, you had this great decade of like these visionary directors just having budgets thrown at them, uh, just all the money they wanted to. I mean, Martin Scorsese gets to make a film like New York, New York. Yeah, where, yeah. You know, uh, on on studio money, uh, and then Heaven's Gate comes along and it totally flops. And have you seen Heaven's Gate? I've never seen Heaven's oh, Gate. Oh, do you know what? It's a really good film. I've heard it's very good. Yeah. Um, I think it was almost the. Me- I'm trying to think of a good, a, mo- a more modern example, perhaps. Oh no, I've got no, because that is a terrible film. But you know the hype that surrounded the making of uh, Waterworld? Oh, yeah. And it was going up and it cost it at the time, I think it was yeah. the most expensive film ever made because they filmed it out in the water, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually gone on to do apparently decent box office. It's not, and then it's nowhere near a good film. But Heaven's Gate, it became that self, it could never have been as good as the expectations yeah. that have been raised. And raised and raised for it. And having seen it, admittedly only on TV, it's actually a really good... It's certainly as good as many of the um, Kevin Costner things that were Oscar-nominated yes. and Oscar won set in the, the, the West. And, um, I mean, Tremino's a great... I think Tremino is one of the great directors um, from that time. And any film that's got Chris Christopherson, uh, Christopher Walken and Jeffrey Bridges, you know, exactly, it, it cannot yeah. be bad. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, Isabel Hooper is in it as well, isn't she? Think. Is she really? I think she is, yeah, young Isabel Hooper. Well, let's talk Isabel Hooper, because she's also in another film, which I went to... She's in Dormant Beauty, um, okay. French movie. Now, I have this... I mean, I think Isabel Hooper is a phenomenal actress. But She's amazing. The Is it the pianist? The, what, the piano the, teacher. Piano teacher. Yeah, the Michael Haneke. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. That is a film which is pretty much unwatchable. Um, yeah. You've seen it. I've it. seen it, yeah. Do you mean, you mean unwatchable? It's, it's really hard to sit through or that you didn't like it. No, I loved it. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Oh, it's painful. Literally painful. You know, there's... Oh, how can we explain it? the best way to explain it. There's a kind of psychosexual is yeah, probably psychosexual to put it light, is lightly way, yeah. and, you know, b- broken glass in the pockets of yeah. love rivals and, you know, piano wire, I believe. Yes. Used to, and, it, you know, it's a phenomenal film. I mean, it's, but, you know, it's like sometimes you'll read something or, or particularly watch something, I think, more than anything else. I think this is where film does come into its own, is that there are things that you think, this is amazing, this is questioning the way I think about things, questioning the way I think about myself, but God, it's it's not it's yeah. not enjoyable. Yeah. Put it that way. I I thought it was a great film. Yeah, it's, and I think she's a great great actress. And maybe out of that generation of amazing French actors and actresses uh, or actors, yeah. she was maybe the, the best of them all. Yeah, and she's in recently reunited. It was Michael Haneke who directed right. Piano Teacher and recently reunited with him. She's in Amour. She's the elderly couple's middle aged daughter. Uh, so yeah, it's slightly slightly less. Um, Harrowing. A harrowing role for her, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't know what. Not maybe... that the film's that much less harrowing, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's there's yeah. there's no um, there, there's no mutilation involved. I would, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the, the piano teacher is, uh, is is something else, and I think I think everyone should watch it, yeah. but just be wary that it comes with uh, psychological warnings. I think. Yeah, um, I'm just looking what's above this on the the uh, we've got the guide here that we're kind of looking through as we talk and there's Doctor Who and the Daleks and there's a few of the early early Doctor Who uh, films that were out well, you wouldn't remember, yeah. you wouldn't no. remember those at all of no. course not um, but these were the ones that were kind of 
They wouldn't have been pre-TV, but Doctor Who was so big that they made big screen versions of them. Yeah. And they had people like Roy Castle as the uh, assistant okay. and things like that. And they were tremendous. And I really look... I mean, I take it they'll be on early... Uh, you know, afternoons. Um, and Peter Cushing plays the Doctor. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, and they're really worth seeing. And they've kind yeah. of te- that kind of almost pastely technical or you know right, there's yeah. nothing really uh, scary about the Daleks but yeah. it's ve- they're very 70s um, I'm taking it was the 70s that they came out well no 60s uh, that kind of slightly odd children's telly that was being yeah. made that you know uh, nowadays it has to be flashy and noisy and all of those things but then you know the, the kind of sca- you're allowed to properly scare kids yeah, yeah um, absolutely and yeah, I just I just noticed. I think that's for a certain generation. Nostalgia would be to go and see Doctor Who and the Daleks and the Daleks Invasion Earth, uh, twenty fifty AD, twenty one fifty AD. Yeah. Not for you though. I I've never really been into Doctor Who. You've never been into Doctor no, Who, okay? Never like at all. Not even like it's not that I don't like it. I've just it's just something I've never taken an interest in. You know, I've never watched it and I've never gone round to it. You know? Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm not saying anything yeah. other than that. That's fine. No, your look says it all, Ali. Your look says it all. <laughs> Doctor. Anyway, um, what what else have you got down that you well, want to... Well, I have down. Um, another retrospective one is um, Scarecrow, which is the only film that uh, ever co-starred Gene Hackman and Al Pacino. I have that on my list too. Uh, now let's kind of, talk about that. How do I not know more about this Exactly. Film? It's got a kind of reputation as a lost gem. It's, um, it's never had a DVD release over here. Um, it won the Pam d'Or at Cannes mm-hmm. in, I think it was 73. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of vanished into the ether. It's made by... Um, Oh, I want to make sure that I say his name right. Is it uh, Jerry Schatzberg? Maybe Never heard of that. Yeah, who's uh, I? I don't know anything else that he's directed. Um, but yeah, no, it's apparently one of these kind of lost classics of seventy. Speaking of like that kind of period of directors having total artistic control, you know, um, is from that whole kind of that era. Um, and yeah, no, I think it's been remastered. It by, sounds uh, okay. to me it's for anyone then. The film, it's just, just to see Hackman and... Uh, yeah, Pacino together. Yeah. yeah. No. But, um, I think it's been given a restoration by Park Circus, who, obviously Glasgow-based, do yeah. tremendous jobs Very on so, so many things. They have their whole run of like Chaplin restorations, and um, I think they did a charade with um, Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant as well, and uh, just they keep finding these wee kind of odd films. A few years ago at the film festival was Pandora and the Flying Dutchman with James Mason uh, and Ava Gardner. And uh, yeah, no, they, they, they have a habit of like, z- you know, zagging when you expect them to zig. You know, they, yeah. they find these kind of m- maybe more overlooked things. It's not just the big ones that they go after. Well, I think a good example of that, a uh, film I had never heard of, a, which I'm just going to check that, that they are doing it, but it's Living Apart Together. Which is a Scottish film and stars the lead B. A. Robertson. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that actually. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I totally and uh, it's that. also got Jimmy Logan and uh, Peter Capaldi in it. Um, I had never heard of this film, and if I could find that, I can tell you more about it. But uh, that—that's exactly what they do. They find you um, films here. Let's see. Sorry about this. They find you films that you just. Uh, didn't know anything about and Park Circus have got it re-released supported by Creative Scarlet and Film 4 and it sounds like a Film 4 film to me you know that there was even the look you can see a wee small picture of B.A. with his lovely mullet singing his heart out there Um, and and another Glasgow film and when we um, talked to Nicola Balkand about Glasgow on film 
um, that there, there's much more out there than even I expected. Yeah. And it's one of the things a festival like this can do is not just, you know, bring in uh, people from overseas or show uh, films that we're familiar with or even kind of shorts, but look at the stuff that's in and around the city itself. Um, uh, and that's a film I would definitely want to want to see, along with... Um, Venus Peter, which is a film I've long I've heard about a long time, set in the Highlands, and uh, um, I've never managed to get a hold of a copy of it. Yeah, the the, the Park Circus folk do um, some tremendous tremendous work. They really do, yeah. There's some uh, big. There are some real big. Uh, well, I was just thinking. I was asking people what their favourite things on that are coming on, and you've got um, Jaws, which I'm presuming will be Alan Bissett's. Uh, <laughs> He'll be there uh, to see Not it. just Jaws, but Jaws on the tall ship. They're showing it on the tall see, ship. See, this, yeah. this is a genius idea yeah. to do these kind of I think things. They're also How showing, many people will actually be brave enough I to uh, do it on the water? I think they're also showing uh, the Disney Peter Pan on the tall ship as well, which oh, is cool, which tremendous. is another angle on it, you know, not just on the water, but, you know, a kind of pirate ship. Yeah, kind of that would be great. I hope people get dressed idea. up to do yeah. that. Um, yeah, so what, anything else that you have um, that you're... Just, you know, there's a few. I think everything's probably sold out. All the other stuff that I have down here, obviously, there are a couple of good things or interesting looking things shown at Fright Fest this year, but that always sells out so quickly. You've got The Bay, which is a found footage eco horror film directed by Barry Levinson, of all people, who is probably still most famous for Diner. Uh, you think, yeah, yeah, he probably is yeah. most famous for Diner, yeah. Um, and he's had a kind of spotty career since then. Um, but yeah, no, apparently this is really good. It's been getting really okay. positive word of mouth. And um, also at Fright Fest, there's Lords of Salem, the new Rob Zombie film. Uh, who, and we were just saying, I, I think yeah. Rob Zombie is underrated as a director. I Very, I mean, like, I haven't seen his Halloween remakes, but uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and especially The Devil's Rejects are excellent. Yeah, really, if, you really seen, good. if you like your horror and you haven't seen The Devil's Rejects, then you, you should definitely sort that out. Yeah. As I say, Sonny, Flesh of Man. Um, starring David Heyman and I think this is the perfect role for David Heyman because not yeah, not yeah. many people play proper nuts as uh, as Heyman can as anyone who's seen uh, A Sense of Freedom or that, maybe that's unfair to say that but you know yeah. really unhinged behaviour um, again I'm sure it's sold out yes. but I, I would I really like to see it I think uh, um, yeah so that's the one for me if anyone has a spare ticket then I'm quite happy to pay for that a religious Psychopathic cannibal. What else? What yeah. more could you what want could from you want? A, a performance? Speaking of religious right? psychopaths, yeah. Um, there's the new film by uh, Christian Mundus, the Romanian director. He made uh, Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days. It came out a few years ago, which is about um, it was about a, a girl trying to get an abortion in like Sosescu era Romania, uh, and you know, it was really tense. It was really it was you know, really well received as well. But his kind of follow up to that, um, it's called Beyond the Hills, and it's set in uh, a nunnery, I think. Right. Or possibly a monastery or a convent. Yeah, you know, a convent, not a nunnery. <laughs> they don't call them nunneries these Get days. Me to a nunnery. Me to a nunnery. Um, yeah, a convent uh, in in a remote part of Romania, and is uh, yeah, it's also meant to be. And is that in Fest? No, it's not in Fright Because when no, I hear a, when I hear a convent in yeah. Romania, I think vampire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's not. Believe it or not, I'm sure I'm sure it's probably intense enough well, to make it in Fright Fest. There's some documentary. There's a lot of documentary stuff yeah. as well. But it was some really interesting stuff. Um, two that I am perhaps most interested in. Um, one is a Marilyn Monroe. One could love Marilyn, mm-hmm. and from a young age, I've been a bit of a Marilyn obsessive. I think she's. Uh, and inter- not just because she's a beautiful woman and, you know, some like Hot's one of my favourite films and all of this, but there's something about the 
probably the character rather than even the person themselves, which says a lot about 20th century popular culture without wanting to get into too much. But it's a fascinating character, and, and I really want to see this to see if it says anything new apart from... Because recently there's it's been a bit sordid. It's been, you know, the Kennedy stuff and the drugs and the, you know, early women that were doing anything to kind of get ahead. But I think there's much, much more to her. And the other one is uh, about Margaret Tate, who's a Scottish filmmaker uh, who um, died quite recently, I think. But I know her because she made short film on uh, everyone's favourite uh, Scottish polymath, the Hugh McDermott. <laughs> a portrait of Hugh McDermott. And I, I don't know if that'll be included in the, the film, but it's a really interesting, uh, quite tender uh, piece about uh, Shug. That she oh, made shug. no shug, but uh, she, she's a phenomenal, I mean, proper artistic filmmaker, Margaret yeah. Tate. And if you don't know her work as well, it says a lot about Scotland in the, in the 20th century, particularly the early to mid uh, 20th century that uh, you might not know. And she filmed up in the Highlands and Islands again, which kind of underrepresented often, I think. Yeah, I think the big one for me with documentaries is probably uh, that I would like to see is the, the Gatekeepers, which has been Oscar nominated this year. It's about um. It's six former operatives of Shin Bet, the Israeli security agency. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's meant to be fascinating. It's like really absolutely candid. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be very, very good. Another mainstreamish film, which I, I would like to see because it's Michael Winterbottom and Steve Coogan getting back oh, together yeah. again. Uh, you know, I've just made some tremendous films. Uh, yeah. 24 Hour Party People, Cock and Bull Story, Cock and Bull The Story. Trip. Of course, they are, I forgot Winterbond yeah. directed the, the trip. They are, they've become a real uh, fantastic team. Uh, 24 Hour People is just one of the best films about music that you could yeah. ever find. You must see it. Um, and it's called The Look of Love. Yes. And it's about Paul Raymond. It is, yes. Um, or Paul Raymond, um, who was a, well, he was a pornographer. Uh, in Soho in the uh, oh crikey would it be the, I don't even know the, the dates but certainly in the 80s when your porn was still bought off top shelves and well you know you went into he, he was kind of the oh god what a terrible description this is but he was the pre-Peter Stringfellow he was you yeah. know the, the, that was he had the hair proto he had the t- you know he was yeah. a proto he, uh, without Paul Raymond a bit like John the Baptist without Paul Raymond <laughs> there would be no you heard the hair for <laughs> Peter Stringfellow is Jesus uh, strike me down yeah. but well, in his own head and in a way as they say on the thoughts of the day in a way yeah. he is um, but you know he had the Raymond's Review Bar was bang in the centre of the Soho and his magazines were well known by boys of a certain age I'm not saying if it was me or not and, and th- this kind of real larger than life character uh, is being brought to screen now I don't know uh, uh, enough about him to know whether this is going to be interesting or not I imagine it's going to be sex, drugs and porn yeah. that'll be kind of it but I would I, because it's Winterbottom and Coogan I am willing to go and see it and see what they do absolutely I think they're, they're you can trust them they are names to be trusted, and that's yeah. a, that's quite rare these days, I think. Yep. Um, so, well, I think we should probably wrap up this first day yep. film podcast. That's our picks of um, of what to go and see. As I said, it's been going for a few days. By the time you hear this, it'll be probably you know four or five days underway. But there's still yep. lots and lots to go and see. I fancy rounding everything off by going to see Sunset Boulevard on the big screen. Yes. Uh, you know, and proxy proper big screen cinema as it was meant to be. Um, have you got any final wishes um, that you're... 
Ooh, I'm trying to just think if I have anything down here that uh, will be playing after we record this. I think I might have uh, all my stuff's played already that I've got written down here. But yeah, no, if you can um, somehow score a ticket to that Passion of Joan of Arc screen, and that's that's your one. To, that'll be uh, a that really does sound amazing. Thing. That'll that be amazing. amazing. Um, other than that, I think uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with my recommendation. If you're going to catch any retro Cagney stuff, try and see one, two, three, because I think it's very underrated. It's one that. Um, if you're a Cagney fan, if you're a Billy Wilder fan, if you're a Horst Buchholz fan, oh, if you're, who isn't? If you particularly love Chico, my favourite, no, yeah. probably not. Actually, probably my fifth favourite yeah, out fifth of the favorite, seven. Yeah. Now, to make it. Um, Brad Dexter's nobody's favourite. <laughs> that's a shame. Okay. shame. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for that, Chris. Cheers, Ali. And uh, we'll be back very soon with our second um, film podcast, which will be we'll concentrate on Glasgow and film. But we'll see you then. Cheers. Mm.